You're listening to an Undercast Network podcast. Five months ago. Thanks for uh, checking us out. And uh, please continue to keep checking in with us at The Buzzed Track. February 2021. It was easy for all of us to disappear. Hell, it's like they just disappeared. Where are they? I'd be so helpful. I'd be so, so much. Where are they? Where did everybody go? Welcome to the Buzzed Track. All right, welcome to the Buzz Track, or welcome back to the Buzz Track. We are the podcast with the oddcast of outcasts. I'm talking movie geeks, film nerds, and cinephiles. And when we're discussing our love for motion pictures... We like to do it with a drinking hand, or at least I do. I'm your host, Kevin <laughs> Woods, and tonight I am joined by two of my best pals who have become, well, my favorite co-host. Uh, signing in from the West Coast, it's my brother from another mother, the wild man himself, Devin Conwell. What up? It is good to be back. It's been a long time, brother. And uh, tonight, we're also joined by another one of my besties. Uh, she calls me asshole, and I call her the queen of big ass hats. I'm talking about <laughs> the lovely and awesome Leslie McCormick is with us. Hello, hello. Yes, I do love my hats. Big ass hats. Big ass hats. Uh, uh, okay, so for uh, those who follow our little show, you know we've been MIA for a bit. Uh, actually, for several months now. And it's it wasn't that we lost interest in doing the show, nothing like that. It's just uh, things happened, took up Life a lot of happens. my yeah, a lot of my time, my energy, a lot of my money, and it 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 made finding time to podcast a little bit difficult for me. So um, we've always intended to make the Buzz Track a regular, ongoing show, and that requires some commitment. And now that life is kind of settled for me a bit. I'm hoping that I can make that commitment to keep this show going on a semi-regular basis for the four of you that tune in for every episode. <laughs> so yeah, I keep saying, I promise I'm going to do better. So I promise to do better. And if I don't, I wanted Leslie, <laughs> Leslie gets to spank me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's just cause I don't want Devin spanking me. The last time he left too many bruises. So. I was going to say, I remember those, those marks. Ouch. All right. So let's get into it. You know, uh, I like to begin every episode uh, with sharing a little movie history for this date. Uh, the date that we're releasing this particular episode. And uh, this episode, I'm hoping to have it edited and released on February 19th. Uh, so I'm sharing a little bit of info from onthisday.com and the movietimeline.com. Uh, let's talk about movies that were released on this day. In 1999, Mike Judge's cult classic Office Space was released into theaters. Yeah. Uh, mm, yes. We have sort of a problem here. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. I love Office Space. Classic. Yeah, so. Uh, in 2010, a film that kind of left me cold, but I, I get that it has a lot of love from fans and, uh, especially fans of Scorsese. It, it was Shutter Island was released hmm. on this day in 2010. Uh, I don't know. I, that, that one just didn't do it for me. I didn't get uh, into that either. It took me a few watches to appreciate it. I mean, I still don't think it's great, but I remember being in a theater. I called it. 
I, I called the twist. Oh, yeah. Like, well, yeah. that's why I, I called the twist 10 minutes into the movie. And I think yeah. that, that took a lot of the enjoyment out of me. It did. But here's, yeah. here's one that I know Devin, for one, is going to flip over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already know what it is. Oh, yeah. On, <laughs> released on this day in wide release after playing festivals. Uh, wide release in 2016 was Robert Eggers' The Witch. Mm-hmm. And we here at the Buzz Track, we do like to live life deliciously. And uh, Black (laughs) Phillip is my spirit animal. What's like the taste of butter? A pretty dress. What's that like to live deliciously? I absolutely love that film. Yeah. Huge, huge fan of that movie. I revisit it every year. I showed so, you the book I got, right? No, which one? Oh, A24 released uh, like um, a run of books for some of their films. And it's a huge hardback. And it's, uh, I, of course, I got the witch one. They have, them for, they have them for some other movies too, but it was a limited release. And I, I had to pre-order it. Like, Of course you did. Or, you had to or, drain your <laughs> bank account. Well, yeah. it, wasn't, well, it wasn't a pre-order, actually. Sorry, I, I'm said that wrong but uh my wife and i we actually we were watching the website and waiting for them to go on sale because they're like oh we're only going to sell a certain number of these so we were refreshing our browsers back and forth back and forth and right when they went on sale we both went in to get them and we got me a copy of it beautiful man i I'm unaware of this book, but I am definitely wanting to check it out, man. So, I'll send you pictures. Yeah, definitely do that. So uh, let's get into birthdays. On this day in 1924, legendary cinematic badass Lee Marvin was born in New York, <laughs> New York. In 1955, something wild and dumb and dumber actor Jeff Daniels was born. <laughs> on this I love day. that guy. Uh, here's one that we all love. 1967 in Puerto Rico was born usual suspects, the Wolfman, uh, Sicario, yeah. uh, so many other great Ooh. films. Benicio, Benicio del Toro. Big yeah. Top Pee Wee. Big Top Pee Wee. Big t- oh, man. I forgot he was in that. He played the Wolfman. That. That's right. He's awesome. <laughs> Ah, all right, I just had to take me a swallow, Corona. And in uh, 2004, English actress and Stranger Things star Millie Bobby Brown was born in Marbella, Spain. So, oh, she's I'm, 17. Yeah, and she is awesome. And I, I absolutely adore that little actress, man. She's uh, Stranger Things. Uh, Absolutely deserved to become the cult phenomenon it is. Not uh, great. And thanks to, in, in a large part, her character, Eleven. Uh, oh, yeah. Just yeah, absolutely love the dynamic between her and Mike. So, yep. Um, so let's do what we normally do, folks. Let's get into uh, the movies that we've watched. Now, look, we've been away for quite a while, several months. And, uh, I know we've racked up a lot of films since then, but let's just stick to the ones that we've watched just in the last month or so, you know, uh, otherwise we're going to have a five hour podcast on our hands. I'll get <laughs> it started with, uh, one of mine. Um, I actually watched this on the first day of 2021. I'm a huge fan of uh justin benson and aaron moorhead i fell in love with resolution i thought spring was brilliant uh absolutely loved the endless so their new film synchronic is um was released at the beginning of this year and once again this sees them playing in a bigger playground i think they had a slightly larger budget they had a you know this film stars um uh, Anthony Mackey and Jamie Dornan. And uh, it follows uh, two New Orleans paramedics uh, and best friends who 
investigate or they're called to a series of really bizarre accidents, um, overdoses that they're, they're chalking up to this new mysterious drug that they're finding at the scene, this drug called synchronic. It's really weird without going too far into spoiler territory. It involves, um, time travel in a very unique and, uh, very clever way. Um, but synchronic is on par with everything, uh, Benson and Moorhead have done before. I absolutely loved it. These guys are also handling, uh, Marvel's upcoming Moon Knight series. And as the two of you know, and anybody who knows me is fully aware, I am the world's biggest Moon Knight fan. I'm crazy for Moon Knight. So seeing two of my favorite directors taking on my favorite comic character, uh, I am just stoked. So yeah, Synchronic, definitely check it out. It's a great, okay. great film. Okay. All right, Devin, let's uh, toss it over to you real quick, brother. All right. Um, so I'm glad you said uh, stuff we've watched recently because I have been terrible about watching movies. I've actually been doing a lot of TV show watching in the past few months and mainly just older stuff. I watched, uh, I watched the original Star Trek series for the 900th time and a few other, few other old shows. But, uh, when it comes to movies recently, uh, one movie I really, really wanted to talk about tonight. It's not the one I told you that I'm super excited about. That's going to be my last one. All right. But But I, I loved this movie and it's the new, uh, I, I guess you could call it a remake, reimagining of Wrong Turn. Oh, yeah, I did not know that was out yet. So, I didn't either. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely curious to check it out. So, man, yeah, one of my buddies, he had a coffee, an early coffee. I don't know how he got it. Don't care. I got. Oh, to they watch do these it. pre-releases. Yeah, yeah, so. I got to watch it. Man, I loved it. It is definitely a uh, a different way of telling. The wrong turn story, but man, what they did with it is just amazing. Since you guys haven't seen it, I don't want to say too much because you know I'm terrible about explaining things. But dude, yeah, yeah but but I understand that uh, you know because I, I read a lot. I Arrow in the Head and uh, Bloody Disgusting and all that. And and as they've been covering it, it seems that uh, this new take, reimagining, uh, reboot, call it what you will, of of Wrong Turn does not involve inbred hillbillies it does not Mm-mm. it and does I, not I don't i don't know how i feel about this so. oh just just wait i i can't say anything just it's amazing okay. it, it, right. it, it is really good like you know me man i'm a huge fan of the wrong turn series i have oh, all yeah of them. absolutely even the bad ones i still enjoy them but dude so. I, yeah, i'm definitely curious to check it out so this is a movie that i would enjoy if it wasn't called wrong turn also, but uh-huh. I, I like what they did with it. And they kind of give a little wink, wink to the whole cannibal hillbilly thing with a line. They say, and it's really funny, but, uh, dude, I, yeah, I highly recommend that. When so you that, can see it, watch that it. part of the storyline is completely out. Yeah. That's already been released though. So that's not a spoiler. They're, they're not cannibal hillbillies. It's right. a whole it different thing it without that. Yeah. Oh, mm. dude, I, I'm telling you, it. What they do with it is so good. I, I'm not gonna say anything else. I, All right. I, I I'm it. singing praises, and it's for a reason. Trust me. I'm sold. It is, it is sold. brutal. Yeah. It is a, it is a brutal movie. It's. Right. If you're I will a gore hound, check it out. If you're a gore hound, it's definitely it's it's there for you. All right. Well, Leslie, what's uh? Why don't you hit us with something that you've checked out? Um, I watched Kajillionaire. Kajillionaire. Um, yeah. I really want to go back and kind of watch it again because I had to split it in between two different viewings, which I hate doing sometimes because I feel like I miss shit or that I didn't grasp something that I should originally. But first off, I fucking love Evan Rachel Wood. Like, I just fucking love her. I think I have ever since 13, really. And I think all of her performances, to me, she does really good. But also, Gina Rodriguez's performance was really awesome in this too. Hmm. Um, okay, I, I'm, 
very unfamiliar with this one, but I just pulled it up and I see that it's also got Richard Jenkins in, and Deborah Winger in it. Yeah, so like, Deborah Winger was somebody, I mean, not that she's been gone from the scene, but it was unusual to see her again, like in a main character type role as well. But she really was awesome. And of course, Richard is too. But this whole family, basically, they're just con artists. I mean, small amounts, big amounts. They just spend their whole life just trying to con people into money. And ever since... Evan Rachel was born. Her character's name is Old Dolio, which she was named after this homeless man that won the lottery. They named her after the man in hopes that when he died, he would leave money to them. So they named her Old Dolio. Um, and they somehow meet up with Gina Rodriguez at a restaurant. Um, the only thing I didn't think they really explained well was why the fuck Gina Rodriguez was even interested in any of them because she was the complete opposite or why she'd go off and decide to do this with them. She had nothing in common with them. But they start doing cons and different like different things like that to a variety of people that they meet. But you could tell from birth they never showed any kind of affection at all to old Dolio. She didn't know intimacy. Like She goes and gets a massage and freaks the fuck out with a woman barely even touching her shoulder. She had no idea how to have human interaction with anyone. But I mean, All right, so. it was a really, really good, good movie. I think the only thing that I would have changed was they had Evan Rachel Wood talk like monotone as fuck the whole time. It was like this, you know, she talked like this the whole time. Uh, <laughs> but it was a really good movie. Okay, yeah. I see it's got an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. So yeah. apparently critics are really enjoying it. Uh, yeah, I would definitely check it out. That one flew under my radar, but I will definitely try to uh, seek it out sometime this week. Yes. Well, cool. Uh, I guess this is back to me. I'm going to talk about uh, a movie that has actually over the last week become a bit of a staple in my household. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I've, had, I've literally had to watch this thing four times over the last <laughs> week because my 12 year old is obsessed with it. Uh, we're talking about Willie's Wonderland. Um, now, here on the buzz track, we definitely rage for Nick Cage. We love the guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I, uh, I was curious to peep this one from the very first time I read anything about it. Uh, you know, seeing Nick Cage uh, rampaging against uh, some animatronic characters, uh, that sounded like cinematic perfection to me. So this film was uh, directed by Kevin Lewis uh, from a screenplay that was uh, from Geo Parsons. Uh, apparently it shot uh, primarily down in Atlanta. And <laughs> here's something interesting I noticed in the credits. It was executive produced by Adam Rifkin, which I, I didn't see on any of the press releases. And I'm a big Rifkin fan. so. Uh, you rip the I do. I do. So this movie <laughs> uh, stars Nicolas Cage as a uh, an unnamed drifter who uh, is driving his car, his badass ride through a town, uh, ends up with four flat tires, and then he's tricked into cleaning up an abandoned, uh, what do you call this? It's like a Chuck E. Cheese ripoff. What do you call it? Uh, a family entertainment center. Yeah. yeah, and this this family entertainment center is called Willie's Wonderland, and it's haunted by these uh, sinister animatronic characters. Think Five Nights at Freddy's, um, or uh, that Banana Splits movie from a couple of years ago. But it's Nicolas Cage who never utters a single line of dialogue the whole <laughs> movie. Damn. Not, he's just pounding energy drinks, playing pinball, and kicking ass. <laughs> That's all he does. And this movie is so light on plot. The plot is barely existent. I mean, it's just... Um, and some of the acting is uh, questionable. Um, and yet the movie is so much damn fun. I mean, it's just a fun movie. It's a stupid turn your brain off fun watching nick cage go full rage cage beating up animatronic murderers and uh, i had an absolute blast with it i watched it i made sure that it wasn't too objectionable because my daughter had seen the trailer and she was really curious about it 
she has watched it no less than four times. And then, yeah, and then asked me tonight to look up and see if they are selling the Willie's Wonderland shirts that Nicolas Cage wears in the movies. <laughs> I found out they are, and uh, oh she, wants me to, she wants me to order one ASAP. So Willie's oh, Wonderland awesome. is an absolute blast if you can just turn your brain off and enjoy it for the ridiculously insane, over-the-top, goof fest that it is so it, it gets the buzz track seal of approval uh pound a couple of drinks and you'll have a great time with it yeah i actually watched it, it for the first time yesterday <laughs> all right what's your thoughts i loved it it was great <laughs> it was, it's a very fun movie <laughs> i thought it was hilarious i thought it was goofy i had a blast with it yeah well cool uh hit us with another one Devin. Oh shoot. Um, yeah. So the next one I'm going to talk about, you've seen it before. It's It's been done before, but for some reason, I really enjoyed this movie. It's a movie from 2020 called Butchers. You told discover- me to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Not- mm. it's, uh, it was directed by a guy named Adrian Langley. He's made a few other movies. I haven't seen any of his other stuff, but they don't look too bad. But this movie, Butchers, man. So, you know, it's a, it's a redneck cannibal, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, wrong turn-esque type movie. But, man, the acting is great. I, I, now, so it's, you know, rednecks hunting teenagers. You've seen it before. Everyone has. But right. the teenagers or the young people, their acting is pretty decent. But I have to give a shout-out. I doubt he'll ever hear this shout-out. But there is an actor named Michael Swatton, S-W-A-T-T-O-N. He plays this character, Oswald. And it's really strange, man, because watching his character, like, watching him act, man, it really, like, it felt real to me. Like, just why this dude is a phenomenal actor. I really hope I see this guy in more stuff because... He was so believable. Like, if you're going to watch this movie for anything, watch it for this guy's acting. Like, I don't know, man. That's pretty much all I can say. The movie was good. It was gory. It, it definitely doesn't have a slow beginning. It just jumps right to it. Hey, we're crazy cannibal rednecks, and we're going to kill a bunch of teenagers. But, dude, <laughs> like, this this guy's – I mean, there's a, of course, there's little twists in there that make it a little more original than the other movies that have come out with the same plot. But oh, yeah. this guy, Michael Swatton, like, just remember his character, Oswald, dude. He, oh, my. It's some of the best acting I've seen. Like, it's okay. really that good. I will definitely check it out. You sold me on it when you uh, had texted me and told me to check it out. And so I, I watched the trailer and I put that in my queue. I was like, all right, I'm going to definitely watch this. And, uh, and you know how I am about actors, man. Like, if I see janky acting, I'm going to call it out. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm very picky when it comes to acting, especially when it comes to like mannerisms and the way people do things. I try not to be that guy, but this guy flawless. Mm. Watch it for him at least. All right. Definitely going to peep it. All right, Leslie, it's over to you. Okay. This is one I asked you. I hoped it was okay to talk about was the night stalker hunt for a serial killer. Docuseries oh. on Netflix. Is that a, Good or no? Oh, that was a good. Okay. I, I think most people grew up when they heard heard about serial killers. The first people they probably thought about were like Ted Bundy or John Wayne Gacy. But really, the first encounter I ever remember hearing about a serial killer was, was Richard Ramirez. And I can't remember if it was like a talk show or a late night segment on TV or what. But I just remember it. Because these women were, like, fucking fascinated with him. Mm-hmm. The right to him and to marry him. And, I mean, I know that, like, all serial killers have had that shit. Ted Bundy. I mean, shit. Women write Scott Peterson's ass. But I think that even in the docuseries, one of the guys said they had just never seen anything like this. Like, the whole courtroom every day would pack out full of fucking women. They were just obsessed with him. But um, I think what was so odd about Ramirez was that he was he didn't fit the mold or the pattern of a serial killer at all like 
he went around every night murdering whomever, women, men, you know, middle-aged, older, rob them, but for no real reason, killed every one of them. But then would kidnap, molest, and let go kids all the time. It was the weirdest thing they'd ever seen. Who was like, who wants to kill a bunch of adults, but rape all the kids and let them go? It was just, it was hard to follow. And these two detectives that thought the two cases were, you know, together, people didn't believe them. They're like, that's, that's not even normal of serial killers. But, I mean, I really thought they did a good job with nailing this docu-series. They didn't drag it out too long. They didn't take you all over the place. They didn't tell too much info or not enough. I mean, it was pretty much perfect in summarizing, you know, this huge piece of shit. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely recommend anybody to check it out, honest to God. It was really, really good. How many yeah, episodes was, was it? It was like four Oh, that's yeah, they're, okay. They're, they're an hour. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, that's what I was saying. It, it was pretty much perfect the way they summed it up. But I mean, it was really, really good. Yeah, my right, wife, yeah. my, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. I was just saying, sometimes I, I want to check out some of these, uh, docu-series, but yeah, and they drag them they, out. They drag them out far too long. And, uh, where it's just more convenient for me to just sit down and, and, and Wikipedia the story. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. If this tells you anything, it's so well done, and I enjoyed it so much. My wife and I, we watched all four in one sitting, so we sat through over right. four hours. Right. Nice. Sitting. Okay. It's it's very good, and it's funny. Uh, I, I'm not trying to take your spot or anything, but when you talked about like the women that were obsessed with him, there's yeah. actually a place in Los Angeles that I've taken a lot of people when they come to visit me here in California. It's a place mm-hmm. called the Museum of Death, and the Museum of Death actually has like the actual letters written to like serial killers and stuff. Cause they have right. rooms dedicated to serial, serial killers and all different kinds of people. And I've actually seen the letters. I've read every single one of them. Cause I mean, if you go there four times, you know, you're going to read everything. Oh yeah. And man, I've read some of those letters and those women were crazy. And that's what I'm saying. Like they, of course, like I even mentioned Scott Peterson forever, you know, women have always wrote, serial killers but they said they had just never seen this many women get so damn obsessed with yeah. women like they had Ramirez I don't know I guess women just love Satanist I don't know <laughs> <laughs> alright well then if that's the case I will pledge my eternal el- no alright <laughs> alright well uh, this is a good segue we're talking about the docu-series I'll segue into my next pick which was a documentary um uh, I remember I was uh, chatting with Leslie about this one because it really hit home for me as an independent filmmaker. Uh, This documentary is called Clapboard Jungle. Uh, It it was a rental on uh, Google Play. Uh, It's directed by Justin McConnell, who is a uh, independent filmmaker. And this documentary follows him on a uh, journey over five years in the making uh, in his career. And it includes um, a lot of really insightful and educational and uh, even emotional interviews with uh, some great filmmakers like uh, Guillermo del Toro, Larry Fessenden. um, I like him. Oh my gosh. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman. Uh, Mick Garris, Frank Hennen Lauder was in it. Uh, oh, the uh, Benson and Moorhead were interviewed for this. Richard Stanley and the legendary George Romero. Um, oh. Just so much information. This this little documentary, when I said it resonated with me, was uh, within the first 14 minutes. I remember I paused it and I started texting people. I was like, the things that Justin McConnell says when he turns the camera on himself talking about the, the plight of being an independent filmmaker and in the way the business model was set up today, man, I have experienced every bit of that. And it, it almost triggered my, uh, my PTSD of, of some of the worst shit I've had to endure as a filmmaker. It was, I was just like, Oh man, you know, dealing with distributors and, uh, the marketplace and, It was just, it's so well done. And to me, I remember I posted something about it saying, this is a must see for anyone, anyone who is interested in making films. 
Uh, I don't okay. care at what level you're you are, um, because the business has changed so much over the last decade that it's it's harder and harder for independent filmmakers to make a living doing it. I'm no longer making a living doing it. And that's, you know, it's to make money in this business is, is very hard, but it's so oversaturated now. So many films are being made. It's easy for yours to get lost in the shuffle. And this, this film um, is a crash course education in navigating this wild and wacky world of, of filmmaking and film distribution. And so clapboard jungle, fantastic documentary. I can't recommend it enough. And uh, so that wraps that one up. All mm-hmm. right. I'm going to toss it back to you, Devin. All right. So this is going to be my last one. This is the one I was raving about. I love this movie so much. It is free on, if you have prime or it's free on voodoo and it's on Tubi. So you can check it out for free. It is a movie from 2020 uh, called Uncle Peckerhead. Oh, (laughs) man. My boy DJ Wilson told me to check this out. Oh, my God. Okay. I love this movie so much. I will watch it tonight. It is one of the most charming movies and I, I definitely do not lightly say charming because, okay, just to give a plot summary. It's about a punk band that want to go on tour. They lose their van. I'm not going to say how, but they lose their van. And so they're trying to find someone to let them borrow their van. Well, they find this guy and he's like, oh, I'll take you guys. And the guy, <laughs> had, the guy has some inner demons in him, so to say. But, uh, man, this guy. Peckerhead is played by this guy, David Littleton. And man, he is just, <laughs> he is so charming, dude. Like, it's one of those things. So, you know how we watched uh, Alien Guy Tim? And oh, yeah. you were just, and you were just kind of like, you were charmed by Tim because of Absolutely. how he is, his personality and stuff. This guy, David Littleton, was just amazing, dude. It, for some reason, this movie is very gory. But it's also got a lot of charm to it. And the movie made me smile a lot. It's just, it's weird, man. I I absolutely adore this movie. It's it's probably my favorite movie that I've seen in a long time. Holy shit, it's got a rare 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 71% audience score. So apparently it's... Uh, well, damn. It's everything you say it is. It's fantastic. A horror comedy with heart. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm absolutely sold on it. I, I I tend to trust your judgment on films, and DJ Wilson is always you know on point with his suggestions. So, Uncle Peckerhead will be uh, sought out and watched tonight. Uh, I got to stay up all night after editing this episode anyway. Yeah, I'm absolutely sold. Sold. All right, Leslie, over to you. Um. So. Because I have a friend that's on this show that kept posting for us to check out this film. I watched Crazy to Crazy. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, uh, it wouldn't take much, you know, twisting of my hand not to watch a film that a thumbnail of Adam tying up Kevin into some sort of sexual Christmas tree. Uh, I mean, that was enough <laughs> to I basically sold here as well. Um, but I actually... I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, and I thought Prago did really well, too. I mean, he was pretty extremely realistic as a fucked up psychopath. Oh, he's a great um, actor. I mean, the way or, he described, there's Daddy's little princess Emily. I was like, shit, he's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't get any creepier than that. But, I mean, this film was pretty good. The little foreign nut job who thinks he's going to get some kicks in by raping a blonde real estate agent. <laughs> You know, gets quite the rude awakening. He meets a whole gaggle full of nut jobs. Um, and I don't know who the kid was, but fuck, he grins like a Cheshire cat with such excitement when he busted that dude's kneecaps with a baseball <laughs> bat. <laughs> Me yeah, and Lee were like, what the fuck? We, we shot that movie like four or five years ago. Um, and I, I was talking to some of the uh, people who, who worked on the film and they said, yeah, that kid's in college now. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so yeah, crazy to crazy. I'm glad. I'm glad people are checking it out. I'm glad you checked it out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend it to anybody. I mean, it's only for the fact that I can introduce them to the queer who had a thing for men with foreign accents and the man who was tied up like a Christmas tree for sexual therapy. Yeah, that's me. That's yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, uh, I actually enjoyed it. I didn't like end up watching it thinking, "Oh, that sucked." I mean, I liked it. Well, thanks. I, I'm glad to hear that. My my involvement in that film was absolutely minimal. Uh, I wasn't even supposed to be in it. Uh, your head, your head turned a couple times though. I uh, I went down to uh, Atlanta with I went to Atlanta with Adam, uh, who was cast in it, and uh, just hanging out. And I was running his lines opposite him, and the director come over to the the room that we had set up as a production office, and he said, "Hey, I need you in this scene," and I. It's like, man, I'm not an actor. I'm not an actor. And he was like, no, I, I really need you in this scene. And I said, nah, I'll pass. And then he, he sent Adam back. And Adam was like, look, Greg wants you in this scene for some reason. And he said, just just come on, be in this scene. He said, I, man, I, I, I don't really like being on camera. And he said, ah, come on, man, look. It, it, you'll be in a scene with me and you'll be in a scene with uh, uh, Keith Brooks, you, you remember him, you know, Keith Brooks, he's awesome, man. I was like, oh yeah, dude from Stranger Things and yeah. numerous other, I was like, yeah, okay. I walked to the room and I uh, said, all right, yeah, I guess I'll do it. What I got to do. And the director pulls out a moo-moo and says, you have to put this on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, wrapped me up in Christmas lights and put lipstick on my face. God, I, I didn't sign up for that, but <laughs> I am. I do think it is a pretty cool little flick. And yeah, like you said, Prago did a great job in it. Uh, and did. Oh, uh, speaking of Prago, I talked to him two days ago. He hit me up asking about podcasting and stuff. Asked if we were still doing our podcast. I told him, I said, yeah, and I'd, I'd really like to interview you soon on it. And he said, I'm down whenever, brother. So listeners, uh, we're going to have Rob Prago. and. Uh, if you don't know the name, you definitely know the face because he's been in everything. Yeah. I mean, this guy pops up everywhere. Uh, he is a great actor and a really good guy. So we'll have an interview with him coming up real soon. That'll be awesome. All right. Well, I guess it's back to me. So uh, what's the next one I'm going to talk about? How about it was this your, one? It was your porn segment. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> No, uh, I watched Shadow in the Cloud. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, with so, Chloe Grace. Uh, yes, yes, all right. Now, I don't sound overly enthusiastic about this, and, and this is why. Um, because days later, I'm still not sure how I felt about it. The movie, uh, stars <laughs> Chloe Grace Moretz, and uh, if she plays a World War II Air Force service woman who's who claims to be on this mysterious mission, and she gets on this uh, uh, bomber, and well, eventually a, a gremlin starts attacking the bomber, and uh, <laughs> yeah. so it's like the it's such a weird movie because uh, for the first forty minutes of the movie, you know, you're just getting glimpses of the gremlin while they're doing this whole uh like first 40 minutes of the movie is mostly chloe in and what do you call those little things that are underneath the bombers uh you know where the gun gunnery or what ah hell man i don't even know what it's called but anyway she's stuck in this so the camera's with her almost the whole time every other character is not on screen you're just hearing them and it's playing out a uh, a kind of um, feminist tale and it was really working. It was really working. And then the problem with the film is it, it throws too much at you because it wants to be a creature feature. It wants to be a war movie. It wants to have all this social commentary, but in reality, it's just some bonkers trash cinema that's trying <laughs> really hard to be something more. You right. Know? And it's a bit Looney Tunish in its actions. Uh, like gravity doesn't work the way it does in this movie. And it, it gets really silly while maintaining a, uh, a sense of fun or it tries to interject a sense of fun. 
And at the same time, it's you're dealing with this whole other issue in the film that I, I don't want to go into uh, due to spoiler territory, uh, even though they do kind of let the cat out of a bag a little bit too early, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. the gremlin is really cool. The gremlin oh. kind of looks like a giant bat, and he's kind of freaky. And uh, so if, if the movie would have been would have just picked one lane and stayed in it. I think it would have been a fun movie. Yeah. I thought uh, the trailer even kind of was like that in a sense, you know, it was kind of like different storylines. It's all over the place. place. It's all over. And, and here's the problem. Uh, the, the screenplay was originally written by Max Landis. Mm-hmm. And mm. I'm sure everybody's familiar with the yeah. trouble he's been in over. The, so apparently they did a lot of rewrites. Um, to this uh, screenplay and had basically removed a lot of his contributions and maybe they just should have stuck with what he wrote and then distanced themselves later from him. You know, yeah, he wrote it. He, we, we recognize he's a piece of shit, but right. You know, uh, so sad. Cause I love his dad so much. Uh, yeah. Well, his dad, uh, John Landis has also done some questionable shit. Uh, I'm a <laughs> I fan don't know anything film. about that. I'm a fan <laughs> of his films, but I uh, sometimes I'm so on the fence about how I really feel about John Landis, the human being. So I know nothing about re- that. I but regardless, but regardless, he does make some fun movies. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Shadow in the Cloud. I would. I'm. I'm not giving it a hard pass. I would recommend it to people who are into, uh, what did I call it? Bonkers trash cinema. Yes. <laughs> That's what it boils down. It's just, it, 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 it tries so hard to be something else and it doesn't quite get there in my opinion. That's just my opinion, but shadow right. in the cloud. Uh, you know, if, if you're sitting at the house on a rainy day and it pops up on Netflix or something, Hey, put it on for background noise. And that's about it. So, uh, Leslie, you got anything else? No, that was all of mine, too. Well, shit. I've got a couple of more. And I'll just breeze through these as fast as I can. Um, I watched Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar the other night. Ooh, I want to see that. Yeah, well, here's the deal (laughs) with that one. Watch it. Watch it and love it. Because, all right. This movie was uh, directed by uh, Josh Greenbaum, and it was uh, the screenplay was actually written by the two stars, uh, Kristen Wiig and a- Annie Mumolo. Right, and they star as the uh, the characters Barb and Star, and they're best friends who uh, lose their job and decide to go leave their little small midwestern town for the first time, and they go to Vista Del Mar in Florida where they find themselves tangled up in, let's say, some erotic passions and some adventures and a evil villain's plot to kill everybody in the town. <laughs> and oh, my gosh. It, do you, are you a fan of uh, the humor, like in, let's say, Anchorman or films like that? Just yes. mm-hmm. goofy, over-the-top, yeah. stupid humor. Yeah. This movie is packed to the gills with it. Awesome. Packed to the gills with it. It's hilarious. It's funny. It's stupid. It's very Austin Powers. Uh, um, it, it also stars Janie Dorman um, and yeah. Damon Wayans Jr., and Damon oh, Wayans Jr. Like oh my God, he almost steals the whole movie. Damon Wayans Jr. is so funny in his yeah. uh, few scenes in the movie. It, it yeah. So Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar is one that I feel like um, it, it, it's coming out at a weird time. You know, with COVID and uh, keeping theaters from being open and stuff like that. If this movie played during an, an era where theaters were wide open and i think this thing would have been a huge box office hit instead because it's it's come straight to vod i think it's going to take a little while but this thing definitely has the potential to become a a comedy cult hit um much in the vein of uh of anchorman you know Hmm. hell i'd like to watch barb and star go on more adventures it was that funny oh awesome Uh, 
so that one that one is a strong recommend um what else did i watch okay i watched uh this film called the wanting mare i don't know if anybody's familiar with it it is a independent film that took five years to produce um and at one time Upstream color and primer director Shane Carruth was on board as an executive producer. Uh, it seems like his name has been completely erased from any and all marketing material. This is uh, one with Caitlin Schill, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, I love her. She's totally underrated. Um, but this movie, uh, writer and director and actor, uh, Nicholas Ash Bateman, um, spent five years making this movie and it is shot i'd say probably 95 percent, maybe more of it was shot on blue screen and hmm. the reason it took so long uh 40 days of filming and then four years of visual effects work visually it is an absolute yeah. treat it is a treat it is uh really the visual palette is awesome um the story is lacking so much that i i was bored the entire running time <laughs> i was bored i kept waiting and waiting for it to blow me away the way it has so many critics i mean critics have been raving over this and i just uh it just didn't do it for me at all uh so Unfortunately, I was very excited to see it. Um, very excited. And so I rented it the day it hit VOD. And I was so disappointed. As a matter of fact, there is a 30-minute, uh, a 30 or 40-minute um, making of documentary that they threw up on YouTube that is more interesting than the actual movie itself. So The Wanting Mare, um, it wasn't for me. But hopefully, yeah. hopefully other people will find something about it that they enjoyed more than I did uh, because I really wanted this movie to, to succeed. I, I, I feel like uh, as a, they put so much of their heart and soul into making this film. And I'm hoping that um, Bateman gets the chance to expand this universe that he's created. And that happens. All right. Another one I watched was a revisit. Uh, and there's a story behind why I wanted to revisit it. The Pistol, Birth of a Legend. Yeah. Are either of you familiar with this film? Of course. I have not seen it. Yeah, this movie is, is about the uh, a young, eighth grade, uh, Pistol Pete Maravich. Yeah. And the relationship he had with his father, Press Maravich, who was the head coach for the Clemson Tigers men's basketball team. And it's set in 1959, and it presents... Uh, Pistol Pete's early beginnings, the origin of his pistol nickname. Uh, of course, it's set in Clemson, where um, uh, Pistol Pete went to school. And I was actually going to R.C. Edwards Junior High School, which was um, in Clemson. And people were real excited about this movie because it was set in Clemson. So it played at the Astro 3 in Clemson. And I went and checked it out. Now, at the time I went to check it out, we had just moved here. And my dad was trying to get us, uh, me and my brother, into some, uh, you know, extracurricular activity. So he had signed us up for rec league basketball. Now, what you have to know about me is that I suck at basketball. I always have. <laughs> I probably always will. <laughs> and I went to the theater. I went to the Astros 3, and I watched this film, The Pistol, Birth of a Legend. And the young actor that plays um, Pistol Pete in the movie up to this movie to learn all these really great basketball tricks so he could portray the character. And I walked out of that theater feeling so fucking inspired that uh, for the next three days, every day after school, I would practice basketball and try to do all these tricks that I'd seen in this movie. And when our next basketball rec league basketball game come up, uh, now, I, when I say I sucked at basketball, I averaged two points a game and fouled <laughs> out in like the second quarter. Okay. I sucked. I was the high scorer with 28 points and I played the entire game, all Dang. four quarters. 
<laughs> because this movie inspired me so damn much. I, I, this is an absolutely true story. My brother, my dad, they could all back this up. This movie inspired me so much. I outplayed everybody on that court that night. And uh, because that movie pumped me the hell up. So when I, I saw it uh, on YouTube of all places to watch for free, oh. I said, man, I'm going to revisit this movie. So I watched it. I got re-inspired. I went outside to play basketball the other day and I blew my knee out. So oh, God. Uh, because I'm old. So. Oh, no. The Pistol, Birth of a Legend, 1991. Uh, I think it's one of the greatest basketball movies ever made. Honestly. It's up there with Hoosiers for me. So I love Damn. So, And the last film I wanted to talk about before we uh, move on is a film that I think all... Well, I know two of us have watched, but I know all three of us would love. And I'm talking about... Psycho Goreman. Yes. Uh, yes, I still got to watch it. Oh, you haven't seen it. Well, still haven't. <laughs> you have failed because I tell you I what. I know, I know. Psycho Goreman is the cult film, the midnight movie of this year. I oh, yeah, loved I definitely it. think I would love it. I went batshit. Uh, this movie is literally 80s Amblin movie meets trauma meets power rangers all thrown into a bag mixed uh, you know stirred up and and tossed out on the floor it's insane it's hilarious it has everything it has uh over the top gore it has humor it has hunky boys i do not care for hunky boys <laughs> I've heard I've heard about the Hunky Boys. You have heard about the Hunky Boys. I've I watched heard. this movie, fell in love with it. Uh, two nights later, went to uh, Adam Minarovich's house for his birthday where we watched it. We laughed our asses off at it. Two days after that, I showed it to my youngest son. He absolutely loved it. It's gory as hell, but it's cartoonish gore. And that's yeah. why I was comfortable showing it to my son, young, youngest son, because while he hates horror movies and he hates gore, uh, I knew that this cartoonish gore would, uh, with these Power Ranger-esque characters, would really appeal to him. And he absolutely loved it. I mean, he's been quoting it for the last week. <laughs> he asked me uh, the other night, coming back from a restaurant, if I loved Hunky Boys. And I, uh, <laughs> I was like... I was like, no, I am not Psycho Goreman. I do not care for hunky boys. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I do. Or do I? If you watch you the been, film, you get that. You've been joke. telling everybody else they like hunky boys, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, you caught me. I like hunky <laughs> boys. I am Psycho Goreman. So. Uh-huh. I want more. I want a sequel to this movie. I want. I want them to make toys so that I can buy them and play with them in the bathroom. They're coming. Oh, I'm ready. I am ready. I'm so ready. I am waiting for them to release that line. Oh, God, I cannot wait. I, I had so much fun with this movie. I, I This is the kind of film that I want to get a bunch of friends together to watch. So Do I can, it. So, so that I could watch the reactions. We could laugh together. We can. Yeah, it's so it's perfect. So it psycho, every, yes. it's everything so I wanted. So Psycho Goreman to you is like Greasy Strangler to me. Yes. Although I do <laughs> love the Greasy Strangler. I absolutely love the Greasy Strangler. So. Oh, I love introducing But did people. the Greasy Strangler have hunky boys? <laughs> no, but it did have gigantic cocks. So, <laughs> so are but, you uh, saying the hunky boys had small ones? I'm just saying Psycho Goreman doesn't, doesn't have that kind of humor Wait, um, there, there are no cocks there's no cocks so i know oh, now shit, you've lost mind. all interest yeah i'm <laughs> sorry when it comes to psycho gorman i i have to give kudos to to the dad as the best character okay even yeah adam agreed i agree everybody loves the dad character uh the dad character has the best lines he, Everything about his performance, from his facial features to yeah, his expressions, 
to his line delivery. He's. I gotta watch this tonight. Like, oh my god, it is hilarious. I love it. I can't put it off anymore. I, I, I would watch. It. I, I would watch a sequel to Psycho Goreman in a second, and I would watch a spinoff that just follows the dad character. Yes. Oh yeah, uh, because he a, cracks me up. Buy. So worth that movie was a well, blind buy for me. You, you know, told me it was out. I've been waiting for it since uh, Bloody Disgusting. I put something out about it. What like a year ago. And I, I thought it was never going to release because of COVID. And then you told me it was out. I immediately went and bought it. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad you brought it or, or bringing up things you bought because uh, that wraps up what I the movies I wanted to talk about. But now I'm ready to go into one of my favorite features of the show. Devin Drains, his bank account. Devin Drains, his bank account. Oh, oh man. Oh, yeah. So I'm ready to hear it. What have you yeah. drained your bank account on lately? Oh, man. Okay. So lately, yeah, because I have acquired a lot of things. In the oh, I'm sure five, you have over the last the few months. Five month hiatus we've taken. Uh, recently, so my wife and I, I don't know, we got on a. a space, my wife. Yeah, my wife. We got on a space kick. So she had never seen Apollo 13. So we watched that together. She absolutely loved it. And so I was like, man. I got to find some more movies and I've told you about the store uh, book off here. So I can find so many movies there for $2 and 50 cent, $1 and 50 cent, like get DVDs for cheap there. So if I want to see an older movie, I just go there so I can have a physical copy and I don't have to pay the 1499 they have on prime, you know? So oh, I went there and I picked up the right stuff. Oh, God. Oh, oh I love yeah. that movie. I picked up uh, Space Cowboys, which now watching it nowadays, it's kind of a rough watch, but it still has some entertaining stuff in it. But uh, um, It's got such a great cast, too. Yeah, great cast, yeah. Um, I picked up 2001 uh, Space Odyssey, of course. Oh, man, uh, Kubrick is a god. Uh-huh. Then, then I got uh, The Martian. I got Interstellar. Pretty much I just got a bunch of astronaut movies. And uh, that was recently, uh, gosh, I, I bought some more memorabilia for The Thing because, well, you know, it's the yeah. greatest, oh, greatest movie, greatest of movie ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greatest movie you ever keep made. keep saying that, but I think you forget <laughs> that Jaws exists. <laughs> um, you you two gosh. both forget Ghost World exists. Oh, Ghost World. That's a good one. That's a good uh, one. Hold on. I'm, I'm looking real quick. I'm sorry. I wasn't prepared. Take for, a gander. Take a gander. For, for a bank account. I wasn't prepared. Well, I sorry. Would, uh, while, while, while you're taking a gander, I'll share this. So um, recently, you were talking about you, you went to go buy physical copies of these films and stuff. And, uh, you know, physical media really is going the way of the dodo. Sad to say. I hate that. Uh, yeah. And with that comes the closing of all the video stores and recently i was interviewed by our local paper who wanted a filmmaker's perspective a filmmaker's take on the closing of the video stores in our area family video is closing down and um and i have been over the last three weeks dropping into family video just picking up physical copies of movies and uh because they're selling them super cheap. You know, I went in today and the, I don't know, 30 or 40 films they have left on the shelf. They're selling for a buck. And Oh, wow. It, it broke my heart. Oh yeah. It's uh, tough. Seeing that, just looking at that, they've got one wall left. They've consolidated everything they have left on the one wall. And I'm just like, this is the end of an era. This is, it's really yeah, sad that these video stores are, uh, you know, and God, I, I'm a bit older than both of y'all. I'm not an old man, but I'm a bit older. And but at least you two uh, understand where I'm coming from when I say there was nothing, nothing quite like the experience of walking into a video store and huh. spending hours walking yes. the aisles, perusing the shelves, picking up movies, and looking at the artwork, and reading the back, and finding these little undiscovered gems that you'd never even heard of. And uh, we're not going to be able to do that anymore. And that yeah. sucks. It's very so disheartening. Long. I mean, 
You know, we were we we're talking the other day. Uh, I guess this is, I wouldn't say drains my bank account, but it drained my wife's bank account. So, you know, I, I hate the fact that theaters are closed. And here in California, I don't really see them like opening up to their max capacity. They're definitely doing limited screenings. So for Christmas, my wife put a movie theater in my house, and I am enjoying it. Oh, God. That's something that I That's am awesome. definitely asp- aspiring to do for myself. Is Yeah, we, uh, we got a 100-inch screen, a 4K projector, surround sound. She even got me a uh, popcorn maker and a uh, collapse, or it's not, it's a hanging <laughs> concession stand. So, oh like, you God. go in this room, I have a movie theater in my house now, so... Especially That's for awesome. a cinephile like myself, it's 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 heaven for me. It was but, sounds um, like you have heaven in the house in two different ways. So listen, yeah. if you if you <laughs> die, can I marry your wife? <laughs> I mean, you can talk to her about it. <laughs> so I'm going through oh, my collection. Man. I found a few more things that I bought that I'd like to talk about, or at least all right. Let's hear it. Please mention. Uh, I bought Europa Report. You ever see that? No. It's a, oh, it's man, a look, sci-fi movie. movie. It's pretty good. Dope. Yeah, it's good, man. Criminally, um, criminally I, underseen. Criminally underseen sci-fi film, but I love it. I agree. Um, also, I bought <laughs> Dr. Giggles from 1992. I thought that was a goofy little horror movie. I saw that in the theater. Um, did you? Theater. I think I still have the movie post. And then two more movies. Uh, I should have saved the last one I'm going to say for... Or I should have added it to the movies I wanted to discuss, but uh, so I bought another copy of Children of Men because I couldn't find my copy, and I love Children of Men. Um, and then the last one is Hidden Figures. Man, oh, Hidden yeah. Figures. I had never seen it, and I watched that with my wife, and holy crap, dude, that movie is amazing. I, I think you texted me the other day and asked me if I had seen that movie, and uh, yeah, yeah, I love that film. Absolutely, God, so good. But yeah, that's that's my recent drains my bank account. I I'm in my room right now. I don't want to walk away and go through all my DVDs and be like, okay, I bought this, I bought that. But yeah, I've acquired a lot. <laughs> well, that's all right. I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. And if you ever move uh, your ass back over here to the East Coast, I'd like to check out your massive collection. And hey, apparently, you could check out my massive wang. And so, apparently, oh. your wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i definitely want to check out your wife man <laughs> and then i will plot your demise so i can have my own cinema in my home <laughs> well cool i guess that wraps up Devin drains his bank account and with that i think we can call this one an episode folks so it was fun. We we were a bit rusty. It's been a while since we've done this, but this was still a lot of fun. Uh, I'm so glad that we're getting to do this again. And we will definitely keep uh, communicating with each other so that we can figure out a way to do this on a semi-regular basis. Uh, once again, for our four fans that regularly <laughs> tune in to check us out, we do appreciate you. No. You, you guys um, just got to message me and be like, hey, Stop watching Farscape and start watching movies. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> they got to message me do. to light the fire under my ass. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to light a real yeah. fire. No, don't don't literally light a real <laughs> fire under my ass. If you do that, I'll burn all your big ass hats. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, my hat collection is well, massive. It, you're, you're probably right. I shouldn't because you do like to fart on my head. I will fart on your head. And then I'll lose all my hair. Uh, yes. And then what will you use your big ass hats to cover? I'm, That's I'm kidding. Terrible. Uh, you do have a, a massive hairdo and a massive head. But, oh, thanks. <laughs> but I love you nonetheless. So. But yeah, this was a lot of fun and it feels so good to be doing this again. And, you know, once again, we, we apologize to, uh, those of you that, uh, do tune in regularly and enjoy our show and like hearing us jabber on about movies. Uh, we will do better. We will continue to put out content and, uh, you know, I still want to send some love and appreciation out to our undercast family, uh, especially the guys over at ECN radio, Bo and Scott. I love you, Scott. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love you, Bo. So I love Bo and Scott. I love Bo Scott. 
Bo Scott. Bo Scott. <laughs> they, they should just rename the show Bo Scott. Bo Scott. Yeah, we we're we're back, baby. We're back, and uh, yeah. we'll keep it we'll keep it going. You know, until we all just grow bored with this, or I become a millionaire and decide to uh, pay a hitman to take out Devin, so I can. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, thanks for joining me for this one, folks. Uh, I had a good time. I always love chatting movies with you guys. Yes, me too. I, I am going to say the next episode we uh, do get ready because I am planning on watching a lot of old pulp sci-fi movies. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Gonna awesome too. That's going to that's gonna be my theme for the next one. Nice. And then I'll give you my thoughts on Uncle Peckerhead, uh, yes, probably yes. through text message. Uh, but if if I enjoy it as much as you, I'll probably come on the show and gush about it as well. So, Oh, man, you will. I already guarantee it. Fantastic. Well, folks, we appreciate you checking us out. We're back. Uh, please like or subscribe to our uh, our feed so that you are alerted every time we have a new episode up. And um, find us on Facebook at The Buzz Track. Follow us on Twitter at The Buzz Track. And if you have a, a few extra dollars or you know you want to throw some coin our way we're trying to put together a uh, a fund to help buy leslie some more big ass hats <laughs> so she would certainly appreciate that and maybe later on i'll you know if, if this whole killing devin thing doesn't work out i'll do a fundraiser to give myself a, a in-home theater so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh i still plan on killing devin so hey what can you do All right, folks. Well, thanks for checking us out here at The Buzzed Track. Hear more from the Undercast podcast family at www.undercastnetwork.com.